What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Bucks. And we are asking a very, very serious question on today's show. Where can the Bucks actually get better? I think it's interesting. There's a few obvious answers in terms of health and those types of things, but we want to dig into this uh, a little bit more on today's show. And this is in the lead up to the Bucks and the Bulls on the road in Chicago. A weird preseason back-to-back for Milwaukee, but there's only two more times to look at this team before opening night. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find some other stuff over at ESPN alongside me from the Bucks Radio Network. Just starting to get warmed up for the 82-game grind is Justin Garcia. Of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day. And we're also going to go through some of the YouTube reaction to the discussion myself and Frank had about Marjan Bochamp yesterday as well. So we're going to get to that later in the show. If you missed that podcast, go back. Uh, you know, it's been interesting to see what uh, Bochamp is able to bring to the table. But as we get started, Justin, I, I mentioned this weird back-to-back and at Chicago, come home, host Brooklyn. I don't really know why it had to be a back-to-back, uh, why they couldn't have a day at practice or yesterday, if you're listening to this, that... You know, it's just going to be really difficult to work out who actually plays. So typically you like to have one kind of dress rehearsal, I guess, with as many players playing as possible. But given the overseas trip and now the nature of this back-to-back, it's going to be fascinating. I I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we get some uh, interesting lineups, <laughs> shall we say, against Chicago. Yeah, I think uh, he was asked about it. I think that was the first game in Abu Dhabi about some of the lineup combinations and uh, what he looks for in those spots. And and even he kind of acknowledged, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably, you know, five man groups. We don't anticipate to see a whole lot of during the regular season, but who knows we may see uh, at, at some stretches. And if we go back to last year, we saw it for a lot of stretches early in the year, some of those five man groups. Uh, but I would imagine we get the same here. And uh, I, I'm with you where not only the back-to-back, because I believe it's Friday that the preseason actually wraps up. No team plays preseason games Saturday or beyond. So not only that you have a back-to-back when there's two days after that second game that you could have played Bizarre. a game, um, but, I mean, also you spent the week essentially in Abu Dhabi and you have a 15-, 14-hour flight to come back you get one night to sleep and then go to Chicago (laughs) that it just seemed like it was not spread out all that well for the bucks where you had this kind of delayed starts and a lot of time off for the Abu Dhabi games. And then it's okay, let's, let's finish this up in a hurry. So a very, very strange preseason here. So it begs the question, why does the NBA hate Milwaukee? (laughs) 
It's the mark. I mean, we've gone over this every year. It's the market size. It's uh, the pronunciation of a lot of cities around Milwaukee that they just don't want to deal with this with Wisconsin. I think that's the obvious answer. Well, uh, I, I just think it's a disgrace. I think it's rigged. And if the Bucks have a slow start to the season, we can absolutely blame uh, this preseason schedule here. So uh, another, I would say, non-update, and we've become pretty accustomed to when it comes to health, non-updates. But uh, look, everyone's happy about the progress Chris Middleton is making. Absolutely no idea when he's going to play. It still feels like it's a fair way off. But uh, the word uh, happy with progress was used from Bud. And look, I honestly think, as much as I joke, I think that I feel pretty comfortable with this training staff, the medical staff that they've got, based on what we've seen in previous years. But it would be nice to just have some sort of rough timeline. I mean, I'm still assuming that, you know, at the earliest, middle of November, it feels like we're still a month away probably. But that's just me trying to piece together the the few breadcrumbs that we have. No, I'm I'm – I'm in the same boat and it was media day. There was a lot of Chris questions and we didn't really get the, the definitive uh, the, the closest that you got was we're happy with the progress. We're optimistic that he's going to be back early in the season, which we all have a different definition of early. Some people would say that's the end of uh, October and a week or so into the season. Some people would say November. Uh, I think just based off how, we see this team, how cautious they are with injuries and some of that wording. I'm with you where I think it's probably going to be around mid-November. I, I think you 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 don't start to raise the concern flags until it's mid-November and we're not hearing any updates other than, yeah, Chris is doing fine and there's no clear, okay, we think it's going to be this point. Like if we get to the end of November and there's still no solid timetable, then it's officially time to say, what's going on here? But until then, I think we all kind of knew coming into the season, you're not going to have him for the, the games played in October, you, you had to assume. So as long as this doesn't stretch out into like Thanksgiving, then, then fine. As we've seen, it's a it's it's a marathon here, not a sprint. And, and these are guys that played a lot of basketball the last two plus calendar years in three seasons. Uh, what about another player we haven't really mentioned on the podcast at all because there's been nothing to talk about? Wesley Matthews, have you seen uh, anything on the ground, in the, on location in terms of what's up with him? It does make me think back to, I believe it was Greg Popovich, and we always talk about the uh, Budenholzer-Popovich connection. I think it was Tim Duncan that was on the box score one day as DMP old. Yeah. Uh, are we? Because remember, you know, Wesley... Uh, played a pretty sizable role in Milwaukee last year, but he also didn't start the season until December. Yeah, mid-December. So, you know, I, that, as much as we've spoken about the guys that are out and Ingles and Middleton, uh, I think it would be wise if Wes Matthews was able to ease his way into the season, although they'd probably like him for the rotation uh, here. But are you seeing or hearing anything on Wesley? Uh, I have not. It's uh, more of the ankle is yeah, yeah. is doing fine. And uh, I think it's the same thing of uh, guys like Wesley Matthews. And I would, I would even put George Hill in there, especially after we saw everybody's favorite uh, Javon Carter have a perfect game from the floor in Abu Dhabi. Um, that those are guys that I kind of had the belief coming into the season that you'll be very cautious with. And, and to the point that you made about Wesley Matthews and when he joined the team last year, 
his age and the fact that Wesley Matthews value is obviously much greater in the playoffs than it's going to be in the regular season. There's no reason that Wesley Matthews needs to play 60 games or more. So guys like he and George Hill take it easy with them and kind of ease them into the mix. I think the tricky part with the Bucks, and, uh, and, and you and Frank may have touched on this uh, just the other day is you want to be cautious, but you can only be cautious to some extent early in the season because that's kind of the soft spot of the schedule. We talked about this before, the differences between this year's schedule and last year's. You start with some of those opponents early, like obviously the opener against the Sixers, but then you have this nice pocket of, of games you frankly should win. And with an Eastern Conference we'll get to that we all expect to be better, especially at the middle point there. And again, a difficult schedule in the second half you can't afford to lose too much ground. So health is obviously going to be important, but you also don't want to, I'm not going to say punt games, but you don't want to just say, okay, we'll get to it. Cause you don't want to put yourself in a hole. And there's a possibility if you, if you dig too much of a hole or have health issues, you could not even have home court advantage in the first round with the way the Eastern conference looks this year. Yeah. There's just fewer easier games uh, in the Eastern conference. There's no doubt about that. Uh, what could help, yeah, Wesley Matthews, if they want to ease him in, again, Marjan Bochamp, whether he can actually play. Uh, stick around for the final segment. We'll get into some of those comments there. And I think uh, Bucks fans are on both sides of the fence when it comes to Bochamp so far. So we'll get to that. But next, we're going to talk about where the Bucks can actually get better after I talk about Built Bar. And they'll get better if they eat Built Bar. And if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. A delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. Uh, Built has done it again. So cookie dough chunk puffs. They are light and chewy. They have real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate as well. Uh, only 160 calories, which seems hard to believe, but uh, it is a fact. And there is a whopping 15 grams of protein in them as well. So run to built.com. Uh, even though you don't have to run because you don't need the added exercise while eating Built Bar. But run to Built.com because they're going to run out. Snag a box for you and the family. It'll be a perfect treat where you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself, which uh, we have heard uh, Justin Garcia does in the, in the Bucks radio booth. So you're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Uh, that's promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Where are the Bucks going to get better, Justin? Uh, let me, and I know you've been doing a little bit of digging uh, here just to, with some numbers and some different things that you've been taking a look at. So, uh, you know, defensively, <clears throat> we've discussed the defense a lot. Do you have anything on the other end of the floor? Because I must admit, and I've, I've briefly spoken about this on the podcast, you know, watching the offense at times, and it's only preseason basketball, but you do get a pretty quick reminder of how painful it was at times without Chris Middleton. And then just the straight up reality that that's going to be life uh, here for a little bit to start the season. Um, yeah. So offense is, is interesting to me because when you look at it, I don't see where they got overwhelmingly better, at least early in the season, the Chris Middleton part. Sure. And then I, I think the guy that we would point to for 
opening a lot of things up is, is Joe Ingles, who another one where there's no clear timeline. It, it, it's probably going to be January. You've heard some rumblings of, oh, maybe it's going to be late December. But nonetheless, it's not going to be until the second half of the season for the most part. Um, so I feel like offensively there could continue to be some of those frustrations and growing pains in the first half of the year where you don't have that other facilitator and playmaker in, in Joe Ingles until late. Who knows how much time Chris Middleton is going to miss as well. And we saw last year uh, a little bit of increases in usage rate for Bobby and for Drew Holiday, but a lot of that was attributed to the absence of Brooke Lopez. So uh, I think really the big area that you would key in on is what you guys have already gone over at nauseum, and that's defensively, that if, if no other reason than the return of Brooke Lopez – that's going to make you better defensively. And they finished 14th, I think, uh, last year. They should be a top 10 defense, assuming you're healthy and you have Giannis for the majority of the year and you have Brooke Lopez in tow. That's going to put you in the top 10. But offensively, what do they finish? I think fifth last year in offensive rating. I don't know that they're going to be a top five team again this year. When you look at all the improvements other teams made, Outside of the Timberwolves, all these other teams made improvements offensively. And I think the absence of Chris Middleton early in the season is kind of going to be like what we saw defensively, the issues without Brooke Lopez for basically most of the season. And you touched on that Celtics series. Who's going to be the other guy in the half court that's going to be able to create those open looks and create shots when you have groupings where maybe Drew Holiday's off the floor and it's just Giannis. It's it's asking a lot once again of Brooke Lopez, if he's out there, Bobby Portis. I do think uh, Grayson Allen is the guy I'm most interested in watching this year, and maybe Pat Connaughton as well, uh, because I know it's preseason, but it does look as though we've seen some more things drawn up for Grayson Allen and to see if maybe his usage kicks up a little bit his second year in this system. And it's a guy media day as well. We heard a lot of positive things from Mike Budenholzer about Grayson Allen and uh, the series he had against the Celtics and, and things that Grayson worked on. And, and and Bud himself said, look, we know it wasn't his best version, but he had a lot of things to work on. We're confident that he's going to be a different guy and that we're going to get the best version of Grayson Allen going forward. So on the offensive side, I, I think it's really marginal that you would look for any increases. I think best case scenario is you, you kind of stay where you were, at least in the first half of the season. And it's just hoping you get uh, Grayson Allen that's maybe used a little more and can contribute a little more offensively. And Pat Connaughton as well would be the obvious guys you would point to. Um, but I'm with you that it's it's probably going to be a little sluggish depending on the opponent with no Chris Middleton early in the season. Yeah, it's really challenging for a team that has uh, veterans in those, in those star positions. So even if everyone's healthy, Chris Middleton at, at north of 30, Drew Holiday north of 30, uh, it's you there's different ways you can use those guys um but i don't think at this point anyone's expecting some sort of big leap and they've both been fantastic anyway so then when you look at the bucks role players this team has largely been built around guys that will just knock down threes space the floor for Giannis. but i, I like that you mentioned obviously both pat and grayson so last year grayson 60 uh 66 percent of his shot attempts were threes and pat Connaughton, interestingly enough who i think uh, we saw really with some spectacular finishes at the rim. Once he put the ball on the floor, we know how athletic he is. Uh, but 74% of his shot attempts were threes last year. 
even though he did finish 71% at the rim. So I, I am wondering, and again, this isn't the most sexy of, of, of options for the Bucks, but it's the reality of the roster that they have, which we all think is very good. But there's sort of, certainly the half-court creation and different options, playmaking, those types of things. Allen and Connaughton are the two guys. And then just as a, as a point of difference, uh, at the backup point guard spot, we've obviously spoken about Javon Carter, but he's never attempted more than four and a half shots per game in his career. He's never averaged more than 5.6 points per game for a season in his career. Now, he only played 20 games with the Bucks, but that was a career high, 5.6 points in only 17 minutes. So he did show he could score, but as we've also mentioned, he was 50% from the field, 56% from three, uh, and then didn't really get to the... Uh, to the free throw line there, despite the fact uh, he was perfect at the free throw line. How many free throws do you think Javon Carter attempted last year? Last year? Oh. With the Bucks. Um, 22. No, nah, not even close. Eight. So he, <laughs> so he was a jump shooter, but it is a, a little bit different uh, in, in terms of someone that maybe is looking to score a little bit more uh, at the guard spot, which they haven't had previously. So, yeah, I, I'm curious with this offense that a lot of the times is when the stars are on the floor has been ISO heavy. We've asked the question about does Brook Lopez do a little bit more since he's been here, but uh, he's getting older. He's a year older. So, yeah, I, I think the offense without Chris Milton, put it this way, I don't think that it's a bad thing as much as we want the Bucks to win all these games and we will say, well, geez, there's a little bit of concern that they could get off to a slow start. But I think overall it might be good for Grayson Allen, for Pat Connaughton and these other players to have to generate a little more offense. And I'm sure it's not always going to be beautiful to watch, but they probably they could probably use some time uh, with those guys needing to step up a little bit. Yeah, and um, I... I... I guess we shouldn't exclude Bobby either just because look, we know he's going to be out there for his offense and he did touch on defense and some of the things he worked on there at media day. And, and we have seen some incremental growth from Bobby since he joined the Bucks on that side of the, of the floor, uh, but he's out there for his offense. And, and, you know, he talked about getting into better shape and that Celtic series really driving him to, to find the things he needed to work on. So I, I am curious to see what you get from Bobby this year as well and where the gains come from there. Because if you're telling me somebody is going to pick it up or, or um, I guess carry some of that load offensively in Chris's absence, he's the one that makes the most sense just because of his offensive ability. And, you know, he's a guy that granted he didn't play on teams that had Giannis, but we've seen throughout his career a much higher usage rate on those teams. So he's a guy that can shoulder some of that. Uh, so he's another one I, I would kind of factor in there. But to me, yeah, it's just what year two holds for Grayson Allen and some of the things that they can open up for him. Uh, but but Pat Connaughton, too, is the reasons that you touched on. And you know, I know I've talked about this on this show before as well. But you look at Pat Connaughton's career, especially since he joined the Bucs, and, and just how different he's been year to year where uh, the first year he was the guy that was leading the bench mob and was basically your energy guy. Uh, then he was a guy that was more of, you know, a slasher and taking it to the basket. And now the last two years, he's become a much bigger threat on the outside. And 
for his three-point shooting, and we saw him really adopt that catch-high, keep-high last year. Now he gets the king and Joe Ingles here to really help guide him through that. So I'm really curious to see what uh, what he can do offensively, and if you ask more of him as well. If for no other reason, uh, too, then you know our pal Eric Name, his uh, most recent story on The Athletic, talking about Pat Connaughton and, and specifically mentioning some of the lineups. And we've talked for over a year now about the Bucks trying to find that lineup since the absence of PJ Tucker. And as Eric pointed out, and I think a few of us have talked about for the last year or so, Pat Connaughton's really the most obvious choice there. And that's who we saw early in the season uh, or early headed into the playoffs, even with PJ and board where Pat was the guy that were, would replace Brooke Lopez in those lineups He's the guy, if you pointed to, for all the things we said about Bobby Portis, Pat's the guy you would point to and say, who has the best chance of being in the closing lineup for the Bucs and this offense really mattering because he's going to be out there in those tough minutes? It's Pat Connaughton. So for that reason, he's another guy I would look to to see what else can you get from him offensively this year because we've seen those gains year after year, or at least differences in, in different aspects of his game that he's added offensively. So what's the next step for Pat Connaughton to me is the big question coming into this year. And I think, Pat, and if you look at the numbers, and I'm always a little careful talking about this because most guys, when they play next to Giannis, the numbers go through the roof. But he is someone that over the course of the last four seasons um, has had uh, excellent chemistry with Giannis and played big minutes with him. And honestly became a guy that over the last two seasons in particular has hit some really big shots uh, late in games as well. He's been uh, really remarkably reliable for this team considering, you know, what he was when he when he first came across from Portland. Uh, early in the season, now it's going to be fascinating with some of these guys probably getting more minutes, getting more opportunities and more shots, uh, which could come in handy if you're a, a prize picks user, Justin, because... Uh, uh, if you don't know what prize picks is, uh, you all you have to do is pick two to five players, and if they uh, go and score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to ten times on uh, ten times your money on any entry. So there's no competing against other people; uh, it's just you versus the projections available. So there's none of this, you know, having to have a perfect game and will be one of ten thousand people to win. Uh, it's just you versus the numbers that you uh, go against here, and it's not just NBA. There's NFL, MLB, NHL. PGA uh, golf as well, college football, men's college basketball, uh, and women's college basketball. Anyway, all these sports, there's even eSports. I don't even know how that works, but uh, you can check it all out. Uh, at Price Picks, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. There are safe and fast withdrawals, and uh, it's currently operational in over 30 states uh, and also Canada, not Australia. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. And if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. So if you deposit $50, they'll give you $50 as well. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. That's at prizepicks.com. All right, let's roll through some YouTube comments. So... Uh, you guys know you can always hit me up at Twitter at Kane Pittman. Uh, Hassel Justin as well at TMJ Garcia. But the YouTube comments are where it's at. And I understand not everyone has time to to sit down and watch us on YouTube. That's totally fine. Uh, but 
if you get five minutes and you really got something that you want to get off your chest, whether it can be positive or negative about uh, myself, about the Bucks, about Frank, let it rip in the YouTube comments because we really appreciate it. So I'll ask you for your thoughts on Marjan Beauchamp in just a little bit, Justin. But uh, yeah, it's been a difficult start in preseason. There's been some flashes, um, but there's also been some tough moments. I don't think that's uh, totally unexpected from certainly a rookie and trying to figure it out on a fly with all these different guys uh, on the floor. But a few comments uh, we've had here. So this one is XDJ Bob. Marjan hasn't shot the same as Summer League, which I will say, I think we flagged, you know, shot really well at Summer League, which yeah. is a little eyebrow uh, raising. But he said, I don't know if he's just rushing it because he's nervous or we've broken another player's shot, but it's been more one motion than two. I pray it's the former because our player development is painful. As we've discussed, I don't, I don't think the Bucks have had too many players to develop. So, yeah, I, I don't know whether I totally agree on that, uh, on, on that sentiment there. Uh, there are well, there was one commenter who said that the Bucks just screwed up in the draft and they should have taken uh, Nikola Jovic, who I believe went to Miami. Miami, yeah. So uh, we have left left because Vault says though I would really like to disagree with Frank. We all like to disagree with Frank from time to time. <laughs> says I'm afraid he is totally right in his point on Jordan War, given that there's not anyone interested in trading for him. And he's probably not much of an asset for the team. I'm beginning to formulate an opinion that he should slash could be sent overseas so as to improve on his day and maybe return a more skilled player. Uh, and then there's some more takes on uh, George Shield. Josh Trimble says, Jesus, Frank, the guy's been in the league for a month. Don't got to be so negative. There's plenty of moments where he showed good signs, which is what you'd hope to see from your late first round uh, rookie pick there. And then... Uh, there was a couple of comments there. Rich, true, Marjan hasn't played well yet. Hope he gets better, though. He doesn't need minutes when the season starts. The team is already shaky, even though it is preseason. So, I, I mean, I think there's people are balancing the idea of not caring a scrap about the preseason and also saying, okay, well, maybe you would like to have seen a little bit more, particularly from Water, Wara and Bochamp. Do you have any strong takes on any of this? Um not really. I mean, I, so I think all of us, you, me and Frank were kind of aligned on a Marjan coming into the season and what his usage would be or situations he would be used. I, I saw a whole lot of man. He should be starting from day one. And, you know, this is a guy that's going to be cracking potentially their closing lineup by the end of the season. If that happens, great, but that should have never been the expectations. I know the bucks were very, very, high on him. And um, I've heard from people that the Bucks would have moved up to get him if they needed to. So they were ecstatic that he was there when they were able to select him. Um, I mean, look, every team is going to say that with your first round draft pick, but in Marjan Bochamp's case, I think Frank's point of the game looked a little fast for him. I would certainly say I did get a little bit of those vibes in the game that I had a chance to be at against the Grizzlies. Uh, and, and look, going from summer league to I can't believe you didn't go to Abu Dhabi, by the way, can yeah. you, get, you didn't get serious about your job, please. Justin. I, yeah, it's true. Uh, but I mean, look, even preseason for how much we harp on that going from summer league to preseason is still a pretty big step up where you're talking yeah. about playing against guys, that aren't even going to be taken into training camp and then playing against rotational guys. So 
I think that's part of it. It's going to take time with Marjan Bochamp that he didn't have the traditional background, uh, everything. And, and he was actually featured on the Today Show earlier today, if you had a chance to catch that of his story. But it's not of a guy that was highly touted or one of the top recruits in in the nation coming out of high school and playing for a stronger collegiate program that wasn't his background. So it's going to take a little bit of time, but if you're the Bucks, you have that luxury to bring him along slowly. So I'm not concerned with what I've seen. It's somewhat what I expected. We all kind of joked of the shooting you saw in summer league was not what I expected to see. So this is kind of what we thought we would get with him. And I think you just have to be patient and know it's going to take some time. Maybe he's not a rotational piece this year, which would be disappointing, but for you know the players we pointed to with Wesley Matthews and Joe Ingles, I mean, Marjan Bochamp would have to have a tremendous breakout to all of a sudden become a contributor and big factor in the postseason for this team when you look at the guys in front of him. So I think that's where we're at, and I don't think we should be surprised. It's going to take time. It's not time to panic with what you're seeing, and, and this is really what you should expect to see. With the Jordan Warren thing, um, I think I'm I'm somewhere in between Frank and most Bucks fans, although probably closer to Frank. I, I think we just we know what Jordan Warren is. He's a guy that can score and can fill it up. But as we've talked about, it, it, you got to rebound, you got to play defense, and we've seen him put in the effort and put in work there. But that's another thing that's going to take time because there are a number of guys that could score 20, 25 points a game in the NBA currently on NBA rosters. We've seen some cycle through here in Milwaukee. Jordan Warren is another one of those guys. If you gave him regular minutes and said you're going to play 25 to 30 minutes a night, he could score 20 points a game for the duration of the season. That's not what the Bucs are asking him to do. So that's another one where it's we know what you can do offensively. We just need to see everything else start to round out. And look, that's difficult when you look at some of the groupings that Jordan War is playing with, especially in the preseason. But that's kind of the point that we're at here with Jordan War. Yeah, do not envy these young players that go to to really, really good teams. And obviously the leash is a lot shorter. So it's just a really challenging situation for those guys. Hopefully uh, they figure it out, though. Uh, started today, I've mentioned this, the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022, a six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey all combining into one Ultimate NBA Preview. Search for the Ultimate Pro NBA Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, uh, check that out uh, after you're done with Locked On Bucks. And I always say that, but... I don't think I need to say it because if someone gets to this point of the episode, they've listened. So anyway, we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen. That's the uh, that's the real point of this. And there's basketball back tomorrow. As I said, the Bucks heading uh, for a short road trip to Chicago, play the Bulls. I imagine there's going to be some pretty good Bucks and Bulls action through this season. I'm not 100% sure that this will be one of them, as we suggested. Not sure who's actually going to play uh, in this game, but uh, I'll be watching and we'll do well, a post-game pod, Justin. What else are we going to do? Jordan Wara and Marjan Bochamp, I would assume, are going to be playing in this game. So That's true. Well, that's a good oper- yeah, good opportunity to see there. And it's not basketball back tomorrow. It's basketball back-to-back tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, exactly right, which is great. If you're a daily podcast, the two post-game podcasts coming up here over the next couple of days, and then we're going to somehow find our, our way through a week 
uh, before the real stuff gets started. But starting to get a little bit exciting. I'm, I'm hoping and kind of expecting we'll see Giannis in one of these two games. If I had to guess, it'll be the game against the Nets, but we'll see. We'll see what uh, the Bucks decide to do uh, with this rotation. We'll be back after the game. It tips off at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we'll catch you guys then.